Tommy Dorsey was arguably the best trombone player in the country. He employed arrangers of all ethnic and religious backgrounds, like Cy Oliver, Axel Stortle, Bill Finnegan, Paul Weston, and the drummer Buddy Rich. Dorsey signed Sinatra to a long-term contract for $125 a week. What about Harry James? Harry had no problem. He even joked with Frank to let him know if Dorsey needed a trumpet player. On January 26, 1940, Frank made his first appearance with the Dorsey Band. Dorsey had strict rules. No lateness, a set of uniforms depending on the kind of performance, nine shows each day with rehearsals in between, and all-night bus rides to the next town. Frank became a perfectionist. As his star rose, he became more independent and demanding. If Tommy Dorsey was late to rehearsal, it was Frank who acted as the leader. I've experienced some wonderful things in my life. They were real. They were, every moment was absolutely real. I mean, driving 500 miles through the night to the next one-night stand and having 40 minutes to get out of the bus into the hotel, turn on the shower, a lot of steam, and hang the dinner jacket up, and let <laughs> the wrinkles come out of it, grab a sandwich, show up on a bandstand, and then the greeting from the audience was the greatest reward in the world. In the winter of 1940-41, the band took the train to the West Coast. They starred at the Hollywood Palladium and acted in the Paramount B film, Las Vegas Nights. Dolores, the song featured in the film, would shoot to number one. In May of 1941, Billboard named Frank the male vocalist of the year. He was already thinking about going solo. Yeah, Frank was the second guy after Bing to really be able to do that. How did he get his release from Tommy Dorsey? Well... Frank pushed Dorsey to allow him to record some solo songs. Frank insisted he could make the band some money, so Dorsey relented. The songs became hits, but Frank wasn't paid extra. So he tried to give notice in February of 1942, with 10 months left on his original contract. In exchange for Frank's release, plus an advance of $17,000 to start his solo career, Tommy Dorsey had Frank sign a contract, giving him 33% of all Sinatra's earnings for the next 10 years. Unbeknownst to Dorsey, Frank had no intention of paying him. His last appearance with the Dorsey Band was on September 3, 1942 at the Circle Theater in Indiana. After tonight, he's going to be strictly on his own. And Frank, I want to tell you that everyone in the band wishes you the best of luck. Thanks, Mac, and I'd like to say that I'm going to miss all you guys after kicking around for three years. And ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to meet the boy who's going to take my place as the vocalist with Tommy and the band. He's a fine guy, a wonderful singer, and, and he was good enough for Harry James and Benny Goodman, and that's really saying plenty. Folks, I'd like you to meet Dick Haynes. Well, Frank. Well, Frank, I don't know if anyone can really take your place with this band, but I'm going to be in there trying. You can bear on that. As for you, well, I know that you'll be knocking them dead on your own hook. I agree with you there, Dick, and thanks a lot, Dick Haynes. Frank, before you hit the road, how about one more song just for old Lang Syne? That's all right with me, Tom. Give me the beat on our arrangement of the song is you, and I'll see what I can do with it. George Evans, who previously represented Rudy Valley, signed on as Frank's publicist. 
Evans began billing him as the voice, and he hired women too to scream and faint in the audience. That helped incite the rest of the girls. Evans also told Frank, treat the microphone like a woman, caress it, make love with it. The crowds were enormous. Times Square became Sinatra's property. Look at that Paramount billboard. In person, Frank Sinatra. The voice that thrills millions. Frank needs someone to turn these swooning broads into positive publicity. George, you're his publicist. What do you think? <laughs> I can work with this. Times Square is packed. How does it feel to be famous? Fantastic. What do you think the girls are screaming about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thrilled they're screaming. Are the bobby socks and sexy starlets upsetting your wife? Hey, fella, that's, that's out of line. Nancy and I are very happy together. <laughs> All right, gents. That's enough for now. Mr. Sinatra has to save his voice. Personal life is none of their business, George. Get used to it, Frank. I suppose that means you're doing your job. <laughs> and a whole lot more. Here, take a look at this. When asked his opinion of the upstart crooner knocking his number one hit White Christmas off the Billboard chart, Mr. Crosby remarked, Sinatra has a voice that comes along once in a lifetime. So why does it have to be in my lifetime? He said that? <laughs> I planted it. You planted it. Bing said it, Frankie. I planted it. That's why I get my 15%. Yeah, tell me something I don't know. All right. Your public image is in trouble. Oh, really? Frank, soldiers are fighting a war and you're lounging around with their women. I'm not lounging around with anyone's women. How about Marilyn Maxwell? Shall I go on? It's not my job to square things up with the papers. It's yours. And you're not making it easy. I spend half my day keeping these snoops, Hedda Hopper and Luella Parsons, off the scent. Lee Mortimer claims you avoid the battlefield by ducking behind a mic. Walter Winchell says you're a womanizing draft dodger. Hey, I'm 4F. I gotta puncture the eardrum. Plant that in the press. No, Frank. I've gotta outfox the press. Gotta get you in good with the military and get you away from the broads. Larry King, and we're in New York for this appearance tonight. Uh, and the Big Apple. Place where I was raised, and Frank was raised like across the river. He yeah, was but swamped. as soon as I could get out of there, yeah. I got over here. All right, when you're here, when you're in this city, here we are, we're yeah. like, well, we're eight blocks from the Paramount. That's right. Eight blocks. That you think it. about that? Oh, sure. When I drive by there, you know, I remember the marquee and all that. that that's Frank Sinatra, and they lined up nine in the morning. And then they went down to 8th Avenue. And all the way around the back, up to Broadway again. And you did how many a day? Uh, one time, one Saturday, I did 11 shows. <laughs> we started at 8, 10 in the morning, and I finished at 2.30 the next Sunday morning. We did 11 shows. Does it give you an affinity for this city? Oh, absolutely. Always. Oh, yes. The first time I left to come here to be in New York City, I was maybe 16, 17 years old, just to look around. I was here with my parents when I was younger. Uh, they'd take, take me to Macy's to the Christmas thing, and then and when I was 11, 10 or 11 years old. 
But then when I started to jump on the ferry boat, in the days of the ferry boat, for four cents, and sometimes you didn't pay the four cents. When they used to pull out, you jumped on the boat. You snuck over on the ferry. Yeah, you got on the ferry boat. They take the chain, put the chain across, <laughs> and you said jump on the boat. But I fell in love with this city, I guess, the first time I probably, I don't even remember what it was. I just fell in love with it. It shows it when you sing that song, huh? Oh, it's alive. It's got, it's got so much to it. So much to Still it. true. Make it there, you make it anywhere. That's right. Anyway, if you make it here, you're a hit wherever you go. I don't care where you go. Direct from New York, so-and-so, here he comes, and you know you're a hit. It's about time you got home, Frankie. Nancy Jr.'s been crying for you. Look, Nance, things are about to change. I'm finally going solo. So I take it you'll be gone most of the time? Just until I get my feet on solid ground. Then I'll be free to write my own ticket. What about my ticket? I thought I had a husband. I, I gotta get out of here. I got business with Nikki and Hank. You remember business, don't you? It pays the bills. You show up for one minute and you're already turning around. Why even bother coming home? What the hell is that supposed to mean? Haven't I told you before? I don't care about the money. I just want you, Frankie. And who are you going to spend the money on this week? I know about the rumors of you with other women. Ah, to hell. I got to get to work.
Columbia Broadcasting System sends you Songs by Sinatra. A quarter hour with Frank Sinatra and the music of Axel Stordahl, his orchestra, and the Bobby Tucker Singers. And here is Frank singing Paper Doll. I'm gonna buy a paper doll that I can call my own. A doll that other fellows cannot steal. George, I can't thank you enough for all you're doing for Frank. You don't have to thank me. It's my job. And for looking after me, checking in on Nancy and Frank Jr. That's my pleasure. No one's ever been so kind. Nancy, looking in on you and the kids is the least I can do. What? What do you mean? Nancy, you're a beautiful woman. Oh, George. Now... Frank's only going to be out of the country for another couple of weeks. We need to seize the moment. What are you saying? Here's the name of the best cosmetic dentist on Park Avenue. I want you to get your teeth capped. Oh, my. Then you're going to Helena Rubinstein to get your hair done. And I'm taking you to Bonwit Teller to shop for new clothes. George, I make all my own clothes. Nancy, you're a millionaire. It's time you stop treating yourself like a baker's wife. Frank is one of the most visible men in the world. When he comes back to America, I want him to step off that plane and see his wife as a vision of loveliness. George. And first thing tomorrow, I'm sending you to Dr. Peerless, who's going to thin and shape your nose. George, please. Why not make the most of your beauty, Nancy? This is a Barbado nose, George. I've lived with it for 30 years, and it suited me just fine. This is show business. It's competitive. We have to keep up. We... You have to understand, Nancy. It's not okay for you to just hide from the spotlight pretending your husband is some ordinary man. Get a good night's sleep. A town car will pick you up tomorrow morning to drive you to your procedure. I suppose I should thank you. understand why Evans wanted Nancy to have cosmetic surgery. Well, Evans needed their marriage to work. In 1940s America, scandal and divorce could kill Frank's career. In Nancy, Evans found an ally and friend. His efforts were working, too. By April of 1943, Nancy was pregnant again. Francis Wayne Sinatra, you know, Frank Jr., was born on January 10, 1944. There's an era about your father that people should know more about, and that's race relations. He was a pioneer in civil rights. Yes, indeed. The uh, house I live in. Yeah, which, by the way, was another reason why he got into trouble. Because his, he made a short subject. His lectures and the short subject, The House I Live In, appearances at rallies for tolerance, made people list him as communist. Taking Lena Horne to dinner at the Stork Club unheard of. Forget about it. Friends, as I talk to you now, the armed forces of the United Nations are engaged in the greatest crusade of all times, a crusade to free the world from the threat of slavery and oppression. These are historic hours, a time for courage and hope. With this thought in mind, then, my co-workers and I feel it only fitting to put aside our regular program, and so we naturally turn to our first love, music. Music. 
and tonight in memory of and in tribute to all the men who have passed through the valley of the shadow of death for this nation, I would like to sing a song that is more theirs than it is ours. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber Hey, babe, I'm home. It's so good to have you back. There's something different about you. Oh, just had my hair done. Ah, that's it. A gift for you from Tiffany's. Oh, Frankie. Open it. You open it for me. Oh, my. Earrings. How beautiful. I couldn't resist. They're gorgeous, just like you. Oh, Frankie, thank you. Hello? Yes, I'll hold for Mr. Mayor. Mr. Mayor, how are you? A studio photo Friday with Ava Gardner? You bet I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Bye. Not too close to Ava Gardner, Frankie. Come on, Nancy. I want you, all of you, to myself. I've got deliveries, Mrs. Sinatra. First thing is these flowers from Clark Gable. Oh, my goodness. How nice. Thank you. Yes, they're beautiful. Careful now. This basket is heavy. Frankie, help! You okay, lady? <laughs> Fine, just teasing my husband. Jack Daniels? Put them over by the radio. A guy could get used to this. Allied armies in Normandy push closer tonight to their immediate objectives. The port of Cherbourg and the railway town of Caen, ten miles inland. Is this really happening to me? You are the star you were meant to be. You and I together with all our golden schemes. You and I together living out our dreams. As time goes on, I'll show the world what I was born to do. My love, I let them know the magic of our dream is you. Yes, this is really happening to us. Yes, my darling, at last we will be free. Yes, yes this is, is really happening, happening to us. The kid from Hoboken is internationally known. Does that uh, flip you? Does that ever flip you? Oh, sure. I mean, I'm, you I'm delighted, you know. Bob and I go on a vacation, let's say we go into France, and we walk and go to some shopping like this, and people stop, and in their own language, you know, they, I hear them talking about me. 
and we turn around, we smile, and they smile, and, and they timidly want to shake hands, and we shake hands. And it's a kick. It really is a marvelous feeling. It's wonderful. Really quite wonderful. Is there still a lot of that little boy in you? Yeah, sure. You never lose that. I think if I lost it, it would be all over. Everything would be over. What is the matter with her? I think she just said it, Sinatra. <laughs> yep, here he is. Hello, everybody. Hello, Frank. I'm awfully glad you got here. Well, every once in a while, one of those long shots come in. <laughs> How are you, Frank? How would you know? <laughs> oh, I feel fine, Mr. Crosby. Let's declare a little moratorium on the formality, Frankie. Just call me Bing. Oh, no, I wouldn't dream of calling a man of your years by his first name. <laughs> this boy... This boy is flirting with the same fate that befell Flattop here. Boys, is... <laughs> Time for the audition to start. I'm ready. How about you, Fatty? <laughs> Say, are you talking about me, Atlas? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is that so? Yeah, that's so. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. How come I don't get any of that clever dialogue? Well, he called me names. You started it. I did not start it. You did, you did, you did. Oh, my old... My old man can lick your old man. Yeah? My old man can lick your old man, hey? And my kids can lick your kids. Sure, you got them outnumbered. <laughs> Music is great, not good. Where the scream comes alive, singing and laughing and dancing all night and day, gabbling, carrying grable in Hollywood. They play pretty girls, costumes and sets galore, matinees, evenings. They'd come back for more. We'll go on dancing and sing. We sing and dance to a good old Hollywood song As we sing and dance to a good old Hollywood song Hold it! Hold it! Sorry, Mr. Kelly. Mr. Sinatra, there's a phone call for you. Uh, Gene, do you mind? No, kid, just don't take too long. The suits want to see this number before we go to camera. Uh, hello? Oh, hi, Nance. I'm doing fine. Gene Kelly's working me to the bone on this picture. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna be late, so send the kids kisses from their dad and two for you, okay? Frank, let's go. The suits are on their way. Gotta go, Nance. Bye. 
Playback, please. Okay, here it comes. Hold it. Hold it. Hello? Oh, yes, hold on. Mr. Sinatra, I'm sorry to bother you, but Miss Gardner is on the phone for you. Ava? You two finally hooked up, huh? No, we did not, Gene. We met casually. It's a friendship. Sure. That's what they all say. Oh, hi, Ava. What's cooking? Oh, really? At the Academy? I'd love to go. What time? Okay, see you at 8. Good, and thanks for the invitation. Ciao. This has been part two of Act One of And Then I Sing. Next time on And Then I Sing, an offer Frank can't refuse to perform in Havana leads to a flurry of bad press that follows him for the remainder of the decade. Will his career and marriage survive? Part three will be available for free wherever you get your podcasts and at andthenising.com in one week.